Welcome to this special edition of the World Trade Webcast. I'm Greg Sandler, president of thinkglobal.com, the B2B network for global trade leads. This week on the World Trade Webcast, we're focusing on the battle over reauthorization of the Export-Import Bank of the United States. This week, we'll focus on the argument for reauthorization, and next week, we'll focus on the argument against reauthorization. Our guest today is Dr. Carolyn Freund, Senior Fellow at the Peterson Institute for International Economics and a member of the U.S. Export-Import Bank Advisory Committee. Prior to joining the Peterson Institute, Dr. Freund served as an economist at the World Bank. Carolyn, welcome to the World Trade Webcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we're really happy to have someone with your expertise. And to set the stage for our discussion, let me give our viewers a little bit of historical perspective. The Export-Import Bank of the United States, an independent U.S. government agency, is facing a reauthorization battle on Capitol Hill. The Exim Bank is the official export credit agency of the United States, and it's an independent, self-sustaining agency that provides financing for the export of American goods and services. The Exim Bank was reauthorized in September 2014, and the bank's current charter expires on June 30, 2015. So, Carolyn, can you provide us with some background and context about this reauthorization battle? Yeah, you know, in some ways the battle's kind of a crazy thing because it's hard to understand why anybody would oppose an institution that actually turns money over to the Treasury. So let me just start by saying this the Export Import Bank actually gives money to the Treasury. It gives it gave, I think, six hundred million last year and over a billion the year before. So this is not an institution that's receiving government money, rather it's, it's returning government money, it's making a profit. So having said that, the opponents argue that it's a subsidy because it is in the financial sector giving loans to businesses that might otherwise get them from the private sector, therefore it's distorting the private sector. So they call it a subsidy, but it is not, and I repeat, it is not taking any taxpayer money uh, for the agency. Um, so their concern is that it's distorting the financial market and that maybe it could be a risk to taxpayers because uh, if there was to be a problem with any of these loans. But the loans are so incredibly low risk, it's hard to see how any of these arguments are, are true. Very good. And another argument in favor of, of Exim Bank reauthorization is that it supports jobs. And of course, opponents argue that the bank um, is simply extrapolating job data claims and that it really has no clear idea on how many jobs are supported. Is there a jobs benefit? And, and if so, what is it? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the supporters see the, the jobs angle very clearly. These small businesses, mainly 90% of the transactions are with small businesses. Many of them wouldn't be able to maintain their employee base if they weren't able to export. And the problem is the traditional banking sector, the private banking sector doesn't want to serve these clients. So they're able to maintain these jobs because of the Export-Import Bank, as well as many of the large firms as well. So what the bank does is it looks at all the jobs that are being supported uh, through the loans it gives, 
and it calculates, you know, over a million jobs since 2009. Um, but the important thing is, you know, that might not sound like a lot, but it supports jobs even more in hard times. So especially when other banks weren't able to lend, say during the crisis, the Export-Import Bank can jump in and help improve job security, which is something that American workers care a lot about. Export jobs also pay higher wages, they offer better benefits. So these are the good jobs that American workers are looking for. So there's definitely a job angle uh, with respect to what the Export-Import Bank is doing. Indeed. And, and as you pointed out, proponents argue that 90% of XM transactions benefit small businesses. But opponents are crying corporate welfare, and they point to companies like Boeing and Caterpillar mm -hmm. as among the big corporate beneficiaries. Let's talk a little bit more about the benefit to small businesses. I think you articulated some of that already, and what the rationale is for supporting big U.S. corporations with this kind of assistance. Well, I think with respect to the big corporations, um, the, the issue is they need to be able to compete on a level playing field. So their competitors from big exporting countries like Germany or China are getting this kind of service from export credit agencies in their own countries. So without our own bank there to back our companies up, we would lose contracts. And there are workers at Boeing. There's also workers at 7,000 small businesses that sell Boeing um, parts. Uh, uh, the air, all the parts that go into an airplane aren't produced by by Boeing alone. So it's it's you know that that um, economy wide benefit uh, of having these these large corporations. And quite simply, they would not be able to compete um, in many markets if the Export-Import Bank wasn't there to help them get those, get those contracts. So really, then what you're saying is that with you know, some 60 other countries around the world having 